With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to this week's Big Game Preview Podcast ahead of Ireland's Guinness Men's Six Nations Championship Round 3 Clash with Wales on Saturday afternoon. On the panel tonight, we are we are lucky to have a stellar trio. Our two Irish representatives are familiar to the channel, so welcome back Tom Coleman and Adam Latham. So welcome back, fellas. Good to have you on. And as, all, as I've said before, we promise to do what no other Irish podcast has to offer this year. With at least one guest to represent the competing nations in each and every show. As Ireland play Wales this weekend, we have a Welsh representative. And our guest debuted with us before the World Cup last year. He's a rap podcast co-host, a Dragon Slayer podcast co-host. And even at that, he's still very positive. Welcome back, Jamie Phillips. Great to have you on, mate. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to the chat. Should be good. And just to remind everyone, as always, before we kick off that... We are on YouTube and we are across all platforms for podcasts as well, if depending on which one you want to choose. So we will start with the match day 23s as always. And as our under the home side, we will start with them. Their 23 sees multiple changes, seven in total, with Kieran Frawley replacing Hugo Keenan, the main decision, as well as Oli Yeager set to win his debut from the bench, another main talking point. The full 23 reads as follows. At fullback, Kieran Frawley. On the wings, it's Calvin Nash and James Lowe. Robbie Henshaw and Bundyaki once again in the centres, with Jemson Gibson-Park and Jack Crowley making up the half-backs. The pack starts off with Andrew Porter, Dan Sheehan and Tyke Furlong once again packing down beside each other in the front row. It's Joe McCarthy and Tyke Byrne in the second row, with Peter Armani captain the side from blindside alongside Josh van der Fleer and fit again Galen Doris. Ronan Kelleher, Keane Healy, Debutant in waiting, Ollie Yeager, James Ryan, Ryan Baird and Jack Conan make up the six of a 6-2 bench split, along with Conor Murray and Stuart McCluskey. Tom, I will start with you. What catches your eye from this Irish lineup? Well, uh, first of all, thanks for the invite again, Caelan. And, and as a consummate professional and podcaster you are, I know it was probably a Freudian slip that when you had in the programme notes about uh, discussing the Ireland team, then the Italy team. 
So I don't know if that's Apologies. just. Uh, <laughs> I don't know is that is that just where Wales are at at the moment, or was it just uh, just no? A that, that's not where they're at. Don't get me wrong. This was a case of copying and pasting the notes from last time, which didn't go well, and I've been hung out to dry, which I appreciate. That's okay. No, that's what we're here for. If I any time a Leinster well, I can get one over a Munster guy. I'm going to take the opportunity. Um, yeah, the obvious one, obviously, from an Ireland point of view, is. Uh, funny enough, he's he's a fellow, he's a club man out in Scaries. Is obviously Kieran Foley is is probably the the main call from the the starting fifteen with Hugo Keenan out. I suppose there was a question I was pondered from Leinster fans anyway and Irish fans: what would happen if if uh, Hugo Keenan was injured? And it was always the sort of the joke that it'd be a half injured Hugo, and then Hugo Keenan in a moon boot, and then Hugo Keenan on a trolley, and then you'd eventually pick somebody else. But um, yeah, it's Foley that's got the nod. <clears throat> and funny enough, he started the first four games for Leinster this year at fullback. Um, Leinster a little bit hit and miss at the start of the season. Obviously, Neenbar was not there yet, and uh, they had some good results and um, and some different results. I suppose he was he got the winning try down in Galway in the last minute against Connacht. And then, to be fair, he was a little bit shaky against Ulster when Ulster won in the RDS. He wasn't his best performance. And uh, Ulster did expose him with a bit of a kicking game. So it'll be interesting to see if Wales and Gatland have looked at that Ulster game in particular um, and see where they can exploit Kieran at fullback. Um, but I suppose Andy Farrell has always got been accused of being conservative and with his selections. Well, it, you know, he's shown this Six Nations that he's he's willing to take some chances and willing to um, take some take some risks. And obviously, Frawley is is a bit of a left field one. Um, I think <clears throat> picking Kieran and picking particularly McCluskey at twenty three is probably more of a sign than the lack of faith the coaching team has in our other back three available players more than anything else in their form. The fact that he's gone with a with an out and out twelve on the bench, um, which you know McCluskey's a fantastic player and he'd probably get fifty to hundred caps only for the competition he's had with Henshaw and 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 Bundyaki. but um. He's still just an out-and-out out 12, and, and it's interesting we've gone with somebody like that on the bench, which is a bit of a rarity. Um, so I suppose they're the big calls. Um, and it's interesting he's picking this match to give Oli Jaeger a chance. Um, you know, does he rate the... Yeah, I think Jaeger's done well in the scrums for Munster when he comes in. He seems fairly solid. Um, but still, it's a step up for him. Um, you know, he's... I, I'm not sure. You'll probably know better than me, Kellen. Has he probably... Has he made his Champions Cup debut? Probably... Has he been he in? Did. He played against Exeter and he played yeah. against Northampton and Toulon. Um, he scrummaged mid- very well against Northampton in particular. The other two hit and miss, but very well against Northampton. And I think it was Miller, Miller Mills who's on the bench for Scotland that started that day. Mm. So he's he's more than he's more than competent. And I think if if we're going to discuss Jaeger, we probably will later as well. But like. It's his breakdown work that I'm really impressed with. Like he is, he's like an extra lock in terms of the amount that he gets done at the breakdown, which is definitely a different point because obviously Bealham and Furlong are more known for their ball carrying or tool as well. So it's always good to have different options that way, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. So it's it, it's interesting that I think Finley Bealham, to be honest with you, um, as far as I can be concerned, uh, even as a big Furlong fan, I think Finley's pushing Tig for for a starting position in the Irish team. I think he's playing that well. So it's an interesting call um, to give Jaeger a chance in this particular game because I think Bielham is playing quite well and he's, he's hugely underrated. I think he's a fantastic 
player for Ireland and, and, and obviously filled in very well in the Six Nations last year when, when Furlong was injured for, for a good few games. So um but I suppose it's good that he's going to keep the keep the squad on their toes. But um uh Welsh scrum is we talk about Wales shortly, but the Welsh scrum has gone decent enough. Um so I think it'd be a decent enough test for for Jaeger when he does come on. Uh, and if probably Healy will be on at the same time uh with Kelleher. So there it that could be a good front three scrummaging unit to finish off the last sort of twenty minutes. Like it'll be no frills, it'll be just a solid unit of a, of square shoulders. Um and maybe that's what Ireland will just need in the last maybe twenty minutes just to get some platform. Yeah, absolutely. And Jamie, it's it's good to get an outside perspective on Ireland as well as much as on Wales because you know, you'd be familiar with most of this twenty three at the very least from watching them at URC level. From your understanding of this Irish team, what jumps out to you and looking at it from the Welsh perspective as well? The more I look at this island team, the more nervous I am for Saturday is what I'm thinking right now because um it's so big, it's powerful. I saw someone on Irish rugby Twitter describe it as a meaty twenty three, very meaty, and it is, isn't it? And um I think what stood out for me the most, I mean, I was intrigued to see who was going to be at fullback because you were working against an outstanding player. I was always intrigued to see who they brought in. And Kieran Fowles an interesting choice, making his first test start. So it'd be interesting to see how he gets on there. But I think it's the bench is what caught my eye when you look at Ireland's team. Gone for a 6-2 split, lots of experience and power to come onto the field. The depth, really impressive depth with Ireland, as you'd expect. Um Oli Yeager's an interesting selection. Now, I thought Finley Beer might have come on, but um, I saw um, Andy Fowle say today that uh, he just wanted to have a look at Oli Yeager. So um, that's quite interesting. And obviously, I've seen a bit of him. He looks a good scrummager. pretty decent at the breakdown. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's the bench that uh, I'm really concerned about. I mean, you've got guys like Kian Healy, he's on 126 caps. James Ryan, 61 caps. Conor Murray, 113 caps, you know. So much experience and power to come off the bench. And I think that is going to play a big part in this game. And when you just look at the two teams, I mean, we'll talk about Wales in a bit. And I thought we had a decent team named. <laughs> when you compare it to Ireland, it does look quite inferior. And I'm really not sure how we're going to be able to cope with the physicality and the power that Ireland are going to bring. But yeah, I mean, whatever team Ireland put out, you know it's going to be strong. You know it's going to be physical. And I think Wales are in for a... Very difficult afternoon in Dublin on Saturday, it's fair to say. Yeah, well, we we hope it's not too one-sided, you know. Like, we're respectful on this yes. podcast, if nothing else. <laughs> uh, but, and, and people have, have spent good money on a ticket. I don't want it over by halftime either. There's that side of it too. But no. Adam, I want to get your thoughts on it as well, because w- one of the things we like to do on, on this preview show is we look at the key selection decisions. And for me, the big ones are, as we mentioned, Frawley and Ollie Yeager. But also Caelan Doris um, is there, having had an injury knock and Short McCluskey on the bench. So of those, or you could take all of them if you like, what what kind of stands out to you and, and what do you make of those decisions? Um, uh, I'm going to go with Caelan Doris first because um, everyone was slightly worried last week when we saw him not in training. There was like a photo of him standing outside training. I would say at the minute he's probably almost like our forward version of Hugo Keenan in the fact that he's absolutely incredible. And I do I do prefer him uh, at eight than when he played previously uh, in the back row. Um, I just think he's 
he is going to lead the team on after Amani. I I personally think he's he's got a good head on him, um, and he's just so solid uh, when it comes to attack and defense. And in around the rock, he's just a complete eight. Um, Stuart McCluskey being on the bench for me is is nice. Um, having that one Ulster player at least there's an Ulster player there. Um, my only worry with that is that we don't. Um, we've seemed to have our fly half replacement already on the pitch. If anything happens, um, my I think we're gonna get down to it. Um, I see on the document, but um, if you don't mind me saying, uh, I I think there's one issue with this team that I see is that if we have hypothetically any injury to uh, either Crawley or um, uh, Frawley, we're gonna have to put someone like Robbie Henshaw in at 15, which I, it, it's okay. Um, it's just that I always have those flashbacks to England a couple of years ago when he started 15. Um, I just think that he's he's so much more it, it suited to 12 that, oh no, 13 even, um, that we need him to stay in the centre. And um, hopefully Stuart Bukowski will come on for either one of the two and just shove either one of the two up uh but i can't imagine um it's interesting selection because i jack crawley playing 10 probably for the full game i can't imagine he's not going to come off judging by this bench um yeah uh and ollie jaeger of course um it's very interesting as well because uh as uh tom said um Bielum's, Bielum's, probably pushing furlong right now and i thought o'toole is also in in the lineup is uh in the squad is pushing as well i'd say um that we've got three very the four very solid tight heads in the squad um which is very good because i'd say tag furlong i wouldn't know how many years he's got left of him just doing monstrous monstrous things that we see week, uh, week in week out um, so it's very good that we've sort of got a conveyor belt now with um, tight heads coming through, and it's uh, I'm excited to see Jaeger come off the bench. Yeah, that, that's something that jumped out to me as well because before, I'm gonna say last November, December, I did a depth chart thing and looked at tight head, and like it's better than it's been in my lifetime anyway in terms of just the sheer depth. Like the gap between Furlong and Beelum isn't a lot between Beelum and O'Toole between O'Toole and Jaeger and even likes a Jack Anger who's not involved John Ryan and Marty Moore could definitely do a job scrummaging wise if, if they were called upon and Thomas Clarkson's been doing all right had a couple of hiccups for Leicester but he's been doing all right when he's been asked like that's a great place to be and to see Jaeger get the chance it's something I called for I did want to see a couple of new caps in there I don't buy into this well it's his Six Nations debut thing for lads who played at the World Cup for instance but like it is good to see a new face in there. It always is. And, you know, you could insert your jibe at Wales here, but we won't do that because we'll, we'll move on to them in a minute. But <laughs> as well as that, we mentioned McCluskey. Potentially, do we see Gibson Park go to the wing again if something happens? Or is that break glass? Yeah. Mm. Like, I think that that feels like too much, but like mm-hmm. you're going to be moving out across your back line anyway. I would love to see uh, Ryan Baird in at 12. Or just move up <laughs> Joe McCarthy in at 12. This uh, is why stick, we need a Tom Zahern. Ro- Robbie Keat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tom Zahern on one yeah. wing, Ryan Baird on the other, and James Lowe in at out half, just for the absolute chips and giggles. <laughs> Last 10 minutes, just bring on the lads. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. 
Jeez, then it won't be seven one bench splits. It'll be nine two benches because we'll have so many lads on there, and then then we'll see what the discourse is all about. But we'll move on to Wales now. Um, their side, typical Ireland of week fashion. Their side was named on Tuesday, well ahead of the rest. And mid Wednesday feel very very boring until Ulster kind of stepped in there and then took over. Um, it mm-hmm. reads it reads You're as <laughs> it reads as follows: starting a fullback with young Cameron Winnett. His wingers are Josh Adams and Rio Dyer. George North and Nick Tompkins are again the centres, with Sam Costello back in it out half alongside Thomas Williams. The pack remains unchanged, with Gareth Thomas, Elliot D and Kieran Azarati making up the front row. Captain David Jenkins is partnered by Adam, Adam Beard in the second row. And the back row is the industrious Alex Mann, Tommy Erfell, Aaron Wainwright trio. On the bench, it's Ryan Elias, Corey Domachowski, Dylan Lewis, Will Rowlands, Potential debutante in Mackenzie Martin, Kieran Hardy, Yian Lloyd, and Mason Grady. Jamie, I'll let you take control here on the Welsh side of things. What do you think we should be looking out for here? Well, it's one change from the team that played England at Twickenham, and it's Sam Costello that comes in from Yoan Lloyd at 10. And I think that's the right decision, personally. Yoan Lloyd, I thought he showed some nice touches at Twickenham, but I did think that some of his decision making was a little bit naive. And he looked a little bit lost at times. And I think Wales see Sam Costello as the guy, the long-term replacement for Dan Bigger at 10. So I can understand why he's came in uh, to the squad. Um, it looks pretty settled. Other than that, um, obviously, if you look at our bench, uh, you mentioned him, Mackenzie Martin, massive uh, game for him. He's 20 years old. This is, only, this is going to be only his 10th professional start in his first senior season. So he's had five starts at Cardiff. And he's come off the bench four times. And in his 10th game of pro rugby, he's going to be facing Ireland in the Six Nations. I mean, that's just nuts, isn't it? That's absolutely incredible. So, um, you know, he's a big talent. He's been talked about a lot in Wales. He's quite raw. He's big. He's powerful. He's a good ball carrier. So, building depth for the number eight, because Tulupe Farato is not going to be around forever. It was really important that we uh, build some depth there. Um, you got Dylan Lewis then coming onto the bench. Uh, we, we do have issues at tight end, so Leon Brown is injured at the moment. We had to send Archie Griffin back to Bath because of a knee issue. Um, I haven't seen a great deal of Dylan Lewis. Scrummaging has never really been his strength, but I am reliably informed that since he's been at Harlequins, his scrummaging has improved, which you don't fault considering Adam Jones is his scrum coach. Wouldn't so, um, yeah, I mean, it's um, it's young, it's you know, compared to the Highland team, is there's not a lot of uh, experience and power there. I think our most capped player on the bench is Dylan Lewis. I mean, we do have Will Rowlands as well to come off the bench. We add a bit of grunt, a bit of power. Um, there's always a big debate in Wales about uh, Adam Beard. He's very much a Marmite player. A lot of people either, you know, love him or hate him. But um, I thought Will Rowlands might have come into the starting 15, but they've gone for Adam Beard. So that's fine. Um, Ryan Elias on the bench, really pleased as well that uh, Elliot D is starting this test. I think he's done really well because um, it's no secret Wales got big problems at the lineup, which I'm sure Ireland would be looking to exploit. And when Ryan Elias has been a hooker, I'm afraid it just hasn't functioned. I know you can't blame it all on the hooker because there's so many different components in the lineup, but when Ryan Elias is uh, throwing in, it's just not good enough. So D has been um, given a, another opportunity. He's never let Wales down, so I'm pleased about that. And then Corey Domachowski, uh, who I think is growing into that role now, you said he's um, coming on really nice. Kieran Hardy, um, 
it does raise questions about Gareth Davis, doesn't it? So Gareth Davis, he had a very poor game against Scotland in that first half. Not entirely his fault, because I think he was a victim of that game plan, wherever the hell that game plan was in the first half. But I just wonder, are we going to see him again throughout this tournament? You know, it does raise questions. But, um, yeah, he's pretty much sticking to the same team, that uh, almost the same team that played England. Um, we're going to need the bench to make a big impact, it's fair to say. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of where the Wales team... It feels settled already, doesn't it, this Wales team? But, um, yeah, big challenge ahead of him, that's for sure. Absolutely. I might just pick your brain on that bench in particular because Elias, as you said, has had some set-piece issues and again, it's not all in the hooker, but definitely you hear that and you look at Ireland's bench, you're thinking, well, bring on Baird and James Ryan for McCarthy and van der Fleer and let's see where his nerves are at mm. then. But like, you know, that, that's just the sadist inside of me. But you'd imagine Rollins will pack a bit of a punch. Mason Grady certainly can make an impact. Lloyd can freshen things up. Hardy can freshen things up. I know he's, again, it's slightly in that Marmite bracket. If yeah. Wales are still in this game with 20 minutes to go and they're looking to this bench, do you think it is about freshening things up and changing shape like they did against Scotland? Or is it just trying to see it out kind of thing that they did against England? I think it's going to be damage limitation if I'm perfectly honest with you, the way uh, this game could potentially go. But it's very difficult when you look at the Wales bench. It's hard to see who can come on and really change a game. I mean, I guess Johan Lloyd can come on. He can create Carney. You know, we saw that against Scotland. He come off the bench. He had a very good first half. It's hard to know if Wales are going to be in the game at that point. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just difficult to see, you know, who's going to come off the bench and make a big impact or who are the game changers. In, in this team, it, it's very hard to see, but um, yeah, it, it's going to be um, tricky. I, I just, I mean, I would like to see Mackenzie Martin come off the bench and you know get some minutes under his uh, under his belt. I think that's going to be a nice occasion for him and his family. But uh, yeah, it, it's going to be uh, it's going to be tough, really, really tough to see who's going to come on and sort of make that that difference, that impact, really. Absolutely, and Adam, I might come to you next because. You know, you watch Euro C as as a lot of us do because it's it's the best league and et cetera, et cetera. Um, sponsored post and all that. But um, where do you think of of the Welsh twenty three there? Where do you think they can cause Ireland problems? Where would you be looking at from from our perspective? Uh, I'd be looking firmly at George North. Um, it's been the case for years. Um, I actually really do like him. I, I know it's happened over the last couple of years. I really like him at thirteen. Um, I think he just causes mayhem in that sort of 13 role. Um, I also, I rate Raffle. Um, I think he's quite a tricky back row. He always gets in there. Um, he always sort of gets involved and he always gets stuck in. He always goes in for jackals. Um, I just, I was saying this to one of my my mates who's Welsh. I, I just think that Wales have quite a young team and they're building. And I feel like it, it at the minute, a couple of losses for them won't do any harm. Um, in the in the games before, granted, uh, take away uh, the first half against Scotland, that second half showed so much promise. Um, uh, the it game against England as well showed a lot of promise as well. I I just think that this team could be very tricky going forward. Maybe not this year, um, but I feel like they're building something, and I feel like also. As well, you see the the guy that uh, got the drop goal against us uh, on the weekend for Ospreys, the young ten. Um, 
I think he was only I think he only was recently capped for Ospreys. He also looks like he can kick on and do some damage in the, sort of the international setup as well when he gets a chance, if he gets a chance. So I feel like they could be building something good here. Um, it's just a case of uh, whether they can catch us out, really, because um, we stick to a very samey game plan. And it's so ironed out and it's so, at the minute, at touch wood, it's perfect that they need to catch us out somehow using some way of wizardry almost to try and figure out what to do to break this Ireland team. And I do feel like it's probably putting George North through that Jack Crawley channel. Do you know what I mean? Just sort of bashing up on 10 every time. Um because that's the way we don't have a ten on the bench. There's a, there's a way of alienating the game there. Um, so yeah, I, I would say it's a classic answer. But George North is probably um, my biggest worry in that thirteen slot. Understandably, it's somewhere. Jamie, I might just come back to you for a minute because I I was on. Well, I suppose it's a sister podcast, the Dragons Lair Pod. Um, the Scarlet Fever one of there last week, and yeah. we talked about Wales. And I de- I had the same opinion as Adam. I think this is a good young team. There's a good core there. And I think like that loss against England, there's a good chance if the likes of Bigger is on the field, they win it. And if Tipperich is on the field, they win it. Do you think there there should be a sense of, well, okay, it's one thing called for patience, but there is really good young talent in this Welsh squad that they will come good, especially with Gatlin there. Oh, absolutely. And look, if you look at the Six Nations campaign, it is disappointing, you know, play two, lost two. But it is important to note we could have won those games. You know, in the first game against Scotland, it was only a misconversion that denied us from completing a fantastic comeback. And then in the second game against England, you know, we fell off in the second half, which was really disappointing, especially in the last 15 minutes. There is green shoots in this Wales team. And, you know, even though we have lost two, I feel quite optimistic about Wales. There's a lot of talented young kids who Cameron Winnett, Alex Mann, Mason Grady. You know, there's a lot of young talent coming through and it is going to require patience. And Warren Gatlin said after the England game, you know, the Welsh Rugby public need to show a bit of patience. I mean, I wish he'd said that before the tournament started rather than say we could absolutely win this tournament. I don't think that was the wisest thing to say because the Welsh Rugby public are pretty demanding. You know, there is a certain section of the Welsh public that, you know, expect these grand slams and the championships. We have been spoiled over the years, but, you know, we are rebuilding. You know, we are in transition and, you know, we could have a heavy beat this weekend. We probably will, but I don't think it should detract from what Wales are trying to do. You know, Gatlin has always been good at bringing young talent through and we do have to be patient. And I do believe that uh, in the next two or three years, we're going to be a very good team. We're going to be a very competitive team. But going forward, I mean, looking ahead to this game, I am intrigued to know how Wales are going to play it because we've seen Rob Howley this week come out and say we have to play rugby chaos. You know, he loves rugby chaos, does he, Rob Howley? And we can't play the Warren Ball way anymore. That's the one thing, I, that's the one learning I've got from Wales watching them in the Six Nations. If you look at that game against Scotland, we were losing the collisions. We are missing one-up tackles. And then in the second game against England, we tried Warren Ball. I think that it was a moment in the first half. We went through 25 phases. And we just couldn't get over the game line. And we ended up going backwards at one point. And yes, it was good defence by England. You know, Felix Jones is doing a good job there. But I think it shows that with this current crop of players, we can't play that way anymore. Because, you know, we haven't got the likes of Jamie Roberts. We haven't got the likes of Jonathan Davis. We haven't got the likes of Alex Cuthbert. Now, yes, we got George North there, but he's not the player he was seven years ago. 
We haven't got to do by Falatella. So we are going to have to try and find an identity and a style of success. And I think at the moment we haven't quite found our identity and a style of success. We're sort of caught between uh, two styles that we're trying to play. So um, I think we need to be positive. We need to be patient. But yeah, I am very optimistic about Wales, you know. And don't get me wrong, I don't want us to get a wooden spoon. Um, I do think that game against it, it probably is going to be a wooden spoon decider, if I'm being honest. But then the way fans go in, who knows? No, they've been very unconvincing. Maybe we can turn them over at Cardiff. But yes, I think people in Wales, people who know their rugby, reasonable people, will give this team time and they'll be patient. And they will understand that this is... Um, you know, uh, a cycle that we're going through. We are building that for the future, definitely. Absolutely. Um, and I, I, I agree with all that. I do think you'll give France a game at the very least, providing France don't cut things open at this weekend and realise, oh, we're actually good at this game when we want to be, yeah. which which is always very French as well. Tom, we'll, we'll move on to where we see this game going and how we see it unfolding as we always do. And I start with yourself because so much of the talk this week is about Ireland should win by two, three scores even, you know, quite a convincing win. But where where do you see Ireland getting the job done or maybe struggling in certain elements? Yeah, I think in fairness to Jamie, he he, he he definitely hit some things in the head about where Wales can win and lose this game and, and conversely where we can win and lose the game. I think if you inverse it, for, for Wales to no, stand a chance is the wrong word, but it's all about possession for Wales. I know Howley likes his rugby chaos, but I think if Wales can sort of break the 55% possession, that'll give them a far better chance because, as Jamie rightly pointed out, if it's the other way around where it's 55% Ireland, um, Wales don't have the physicality they used to to do this sort of 250 tackle plus sort of heroic uh, Gatlin type defence and send all his players back to the regions broken. <laughs> Sort of, sort <laughs> yeah. of win. That's how it works. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it works normally in Wales. Yeah. Sort of win, and and Ireland is a team that likes to play with on ball. So, um, given Wales is sort of mixed bag at scrum and line out, um, it's difficult to see where Wales are going to get a platform to get that sort of, sort of, you know, magical fifty five percent, you know, possession that 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 I'm sort of just thrown out there. Um, obviously, other mentioned Tommy Rafael. Um, he's always good for a poach and um, he is a player Leinster have come again I know it's Ireland but in particular there's a good few Leinster players in that forward pack have come across a lot recently and have dealt with him fairly okay uh, I think we've played Leicester four times in the last three years and Tommy Rafael hasn't really been a threat at the breakdown so it's not that Tommy's not a bad player he is he's a good player but I, I think certain Leinster players in that team have have detailed on him and, 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 and know what to expect. He's not the surprise package he was 18 months ago. So I know that he get a few turnovers because he's, he's such a quality player, but the surprise of, of Tommy Rafael is going to make an impact. That's something the, the Irish players and the Irish forwards in particular will know. So, yeah, I suppose with the winning and losing the game, I, I, I struggle to see where Wales... Where, where they can get that sort of majority possession game um, because I do think they need that amount of possession to give them that sort of broken play to get the, the, the Dyers, Dyers in play where he can make yardage and get defences turned and then Wales sort of can flood through um, on attack which they showed for great um, stretches of the game in Scotland and, and obviously some less so in England but in the England game but um, 
in some ways England knew what to expect the second time when they seen Wales the second half and Ireland now have the benefit of of seeing Wales twice um so it's it's not the surprise package it was if it was in match day one uh, I think yeah I think Wales are going to need a pretty perfect day at the set piece on their own ball um to 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 sort of give them some sort of chance to get inroads on on depriving that Irish team ball because as we know, if you look at the last twenty five games or something, Ireland generally have the majority of possession in an awful lot of those games. I think the South African game, maybe in the World Cup, was the only one where it was the inverse. Um, and a, a lot of where Ireland's wins is sort of founded in that keep ball, turn out defenses, um, keep the rook play going, quick ball, quick ball, quick ball. Um, I think if it's close though, I think Wales do have guys in the bench that 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 could revert back to the. The great days of the Sean Edwards defense, you know, Rollins, it's a um, Mason Grady, they're all big guys. Um, that young guy from Cardiff is a big lump as well, uh, even though it's a bit of a it's a bit of a jump up for um for him on his tenth game, which I didn't know, as Jamie pointed out. So um I, I think if Ireland played to type, um but look, it's a six nations game. Wales aren't gonna come over here and get their bellies tickled either. So Ireland um well, we you know we'll have to give them the, the due respect and and but I think if they play to the systems, it's hard not to see an Irish win, um, because you just on the just from a from a coaching point of view when you sort of look at the game, it's hard for me to see where Wales can get that sort of majority of possession, that to give them the the rugby chaos, give them the ball where they can get a bit of broken play, broken field play, um. Costello is, I think, long term is the right choice to go back to him. Um, he obviously, obviously didn't have a great day against Scotland. Um, so I'd say Wales targeting um, Frawley at the back, and Ireland targeting Costello at ten will be an interesting sort of sidebar to who can get out on top there. Um, I think if I was Wales, I'd probably try and target Frawley as best I can, um, because it, it could give them possession up the field, um. Again, but you don't fall into that trap. The Irish wingers have a, a good habit. You, you sort of have two semi-fullbacks who like to sit deep there. So I don't think uh, you'll find uh, the Irish wingers pulling back a bit. So if Wales are brave enough in and around sort of first phase to go wide quick, they might find room out on the on the on the outside edges as as Ireland wingers sort of step back to sort of give give Frawley some protection. So it'll be an interesting sort of chess match from that point of view. But it is hard to see. You know where Wales are going to get that sort of majority platform to to to, to play the game that they want to play, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. I think you're on the money there because you know I, I actually wrote about it last week, coincidentally about about Wales and about Ireland as well, and like Wales did actually have more possession in both their opening two games. Granted, against England, that's kind of you'll kind of get used to that. I think I think they'll play predominantly without the ball. But they had possession, more possession in both games. They're top three in carries, in meters, in passes, and in line breaks. So they're well able to play when when they get going. Mm. The bit that stood out to me, though, was they're first in attack and rook entries. They are having to flood the breakdown to keep that pace alive. And against Ireland with, you know, um, Andrew Porter, who, who gets a lot more work, rook work done than just maybe turnovers, Pike Byrne, Peter O'Mahony, Josh Vanenfeer, Caelan Doris, and even to a degree, Bundy, Stuart McCluskey, Robbie Henshaw, they're going to have a tough day if if they're not at the same level in terms of flood the breakdown. And if that happens, 
then it'll become stop start and it could be like the first half of the Scotland game again for Costello and um and Thomas Williams. It is this time. Um Jamie, I'll i just come on to you if you want to expand on Anthony there, if there's anything else that you think will be a key factor in this game. Well, you mentioned the breakdown there. I think we are going to have to rely on Tommy Raffle, and and we have done these past two games. He has been Wales' best player. He has single-handedly kept Wales uh, in the games. He's been fantastic. Um, The back row is a big battle. I think Wainwright has been superb. Um, Yeah, you know, I I pretty much agree with what Tom says. It's just difficult to see how Wales get this platform, you know, because um, we are underpowered and we need a good scrum we need our line-outs to function. The set-piece is going to be so key. Um, the kicking game, I think the kicking game is going to be really important. Um, I do see a lot of kicking going on. And this is where Costello now has to show that he can control the game because we haven't quite seen that from Costello yet. So we need to see some control at 10 going forward. And, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty much it, really. It's just, ca- can we have a solid set-piece if we kick well and... Let's just go from there. But we gotta do the basics right, I feel, to have any chance against Sally. Because we're not gonna overpower them. We're not we're not gonna do that. We can't play this physicality game. So we just gotta make sure the set piece is stable and the kicking game is good. I think that's fair. Adam, I'll I'll come to you before we get on to predictions. Anton that, that stands out to you that we haven't discussed or, or that you want to expand um, on? I agree with Jamie because uh I think the kicking game is sort of key in this situation. I feel like in the Six Nations is certainly the opposition against us. Um, I saw a lot on how we, I think it was like Squidge Rugby's YouTube about how we uh, almost our kicking game uh, turned over how France normally play in their kicking game because I think our returns are that good with James Lowe in that sort of uh, pocket in the 22. It's just defining a way of how to, as you said, uh, Keelan, I think you said how, well, the oh no, it was um, Tom even, how the wingers drop back. It's how to tempt those wingers back in uh, and sort of alienate Frawley. And that way, I feel, how can teams do that when I almost, I, I can imagine Lowe is quick enough to get back uh, on the turnaround. Um, I think Costello's got a big task at hand and I think it's going to be good for him, um, like a like a test against a team like Ireland and the way that they kick it. Uh, almost if they kick it back, you know that James Lowe will just repeat and just keep on repeating until he gets like a fifty twenty two or he gets some type of uh, length on the ball, um, and then that will lead to the lineouts. So yeah, I, I agree with Jamie. I think the kicking the kicking game is, in a way, if you figure out how Ireland set up and you kick it smartly. It could be a way. It could be a way to set up platform, possibly. Um, but yeah, yeah. Just before we move on to predictions and, and wrap things up, Jamie, I might just ask you a quick question that's come to mind because I, I get the sense from from our conversation and from others that perform, performance is what matters most here for Wales. Don't don't get hockeyed. Stay in the game as long as you can. That that's the fundamentals of a Gatlin yep. team at the very least. Do you think there's an element of a free hit about this game because? France at home, Italy at home, they're home games. They're they're entirely different kettle of fish. Ireland are seventeen wins on the bounce at home. You know, they're they're the best team in the world that are playing at the moment, we'll put it that way. <laughs> um has to not piss off our Southern Hemisphere friends. Do you think there is an element of free hit and that the likes of 
Costello and maybe Rafael or Daffy Jenkins can go out there. And if it doesn't go perfect, that's fine. Do you think there's an element to that? Yeah, absolutely. I know it sounds like a cop-out, but this game definitely is a free hit for Wales because, look, nobody's expecting Wales to win this game. We are huge underdogs. I can't remember the last time Wales were so heavily written off going into a game against Ireland. It hasn't happened the past few years. They've always been tight, close games between these two nations. But Ireland, who, you know, in my mind, are the best team in the world. I know South Africa won the World Cup, but they are arguably the best team in the world. Nobody's expecting Wales to pick up a win here. I mean, it would arguably be one of Gatlin's greatest ever victories if he did pick up a win. I do think it's about performance on Saturday. I do think that uh, we're going to learn an awful lot about this young team uh, on Saturday, you know, because it'll be a huge test for them, huge uh, experience for them. And, you know, they just need to stay in the contest for me. I, I think if Wales come out of this where they, you know, they battle hard and where they heart in the sleeve, they stay in the fight in the contest, then I think that uh, it will be credible. But what we don't want to see, well, I know Irish fans will want to see it, but what we don't want to see is an absolute hammering from the game over before half-time. We don't want that. We need to build on the performance. We need green shoots. So, yeah, it's all about the performance on Saturday. Can we be competitive? Can we stay in the fight? And let's take some positives out of this game. But no doubt about that. This is going to be a huge learning curve for some very you know, young players on that field. And um, yeah, it's a big, big test for them. I, I'd agree with all that. Um, I think it's a good place to start with predictions because Wales have never been this much of a an underdog against Ireland. Not, not no. that I remember. Anyway, I think someone said it's about 22 points at the moment. I think Ireland get a bonus point win. I think they'll win by about 17 to 20, I think is fair. I think they'll pull away. Wales will make it difficult. Wales will always make it difficult. Like we're lying to ourselves. We think otherwise. But I think Ireland will pull away. I'll say Ireland by 17 to 20, give or take. Adam, I'll come to you next. What's your... I, I think I think we can assume that most of us are going to say Ireland here, but why and how much? Um, I think it's going to be an Ireland bonus point and I'm going to say by 12 to 15 points. I think Wales have got nothing to lose and this is probably their best opportunity to express themselves and how they are as a team. And if they want to try something new, why not try it against, um, as Jamie said, uh, the best team in the world. Um, well, uh, give and take. Um, <laughs> um, but um, like, why why not try a lot of things like against us? Why why not try like some different tactics to try and confuse players uh, that are playing against? Because you they have nothing to lose. I feel like they're going to put up a good fight. I want them to put up a good fight um, because certainly with the game against France and the game against Italy, I don't feel like we have had a good fight, a, a good physical battle yet, and I feel like. It could be Wales's chance to make it that, and the balls. They, yeah, as I said, I still think it's going to be an Ireland bonus point win, but I'm not going to disrespect Wales in any way to say it's it's going to be necessarily a blowout. So I'm going to say about twelve to fifteen points. Yeah, that's fair enough, Jamie. Well, how how much? What do you expect to see, and what would you like to see from Wales? Well, I love to see us be competitive and give Ireland a really good game. But look, if Wales are going to have any chance at all in this game. We know that the kicking game needs to be spot on. We know the set piece needs to be solid. We have to be clinical. You know, when Ireland are in the red zone, more often than not, they come away with points. They're very clinical, Ireland. 
Wales, we've been in the red zone a lot of times this tournament, and we haven't always come away with points, and we are not going to get many chances at the Aviva Stadium, so any chance we do get, any opportunity, we're going to have to take them. I think our defence as well needs to be tight. Um, we're going to have to do a lot of defending, I feel, in this game. Uh, our discipline has been really good throughout this tournament, and we need that to continue as well. But um, I am going to go for a bigger margin of victory for Ireland. I just think, as I said earlier, I just think Wales, they haven't got the power to take on these big physical teams like Ireland. And, um, you know, there's a lot of experience in there as well. And we are on a learning um, journey at the moment for this young team. So let's hope Wales could be, uh, you know, competitive. And I, I just want them to go there and give it a crack. Because like you said, there's nothing to lose. You know, Wales are huge underdogs. Just go there, be positive. Let's try a bit of rugby chaos there. Why not? Let, let's see how that gets on. You know, it could be fun. Who knows? Or it could be a total disaster. We'll soon find out, won't we? But um, I'm going to have to go find it by, I think, at least 25. Because I just think of the bench as well. And I think, you know, you guys have got so much quality, depth and experience coming off that bench. And I think it's going to be a very punishing afternoon for Wales. But hopefully this young group will take a, a good learning from it. But I'm going to go either by 25, I'm afraid. Uh, Tom, I'll I'll let you round things off. It's three for three for Ireland so far. If you're going to say Ireland, how much and and why? Yeah, I think the last two games Ireland played Wales is, is just echoing what Jamie said. It's been sort of twenty two, twenty four points. The Six Nations. I think we're going to be in that territory again, mainly because Ireland are the same or if 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 somewhat better. Um, you know, since a couple of years ago, they've they've been obviously been on a big run since then. And Wales, no doubt, are in transition. So you, you sort of have to, when you look at the youthful side of the Welsh team, uh, you have to sort of just look at it in, re, in realistic terms. I think rugby chaos in the first uh, 15 minutes, if it pays off, could be the difference between me and Jamie's prediction of sort of a 22, 25 point score and, and maybe Adam's 12 and 10 points difference. I think if Wales can get a score. But it's, look, Ireland are going to be going for the. I think Wales's defence is quite good, so that bonus point might be a little bit tricky. You just don't know on the day. Um, but yeah, Ireland sort of 22, 25 points again, like Jamie said, and and more than likely on the back of that it would be a bonus point win. Um, but, uh, you know, as long as it's competitive as game, game as well, we, we, we don't want to see a blowout. Like I remember, too many games watching <laughs> Ireland, and I'm sure Wales looked at too many games in the in the in the, the 90s when we're both getting blowouts or receiving blowouts, and it's not a it's not a, it's not it does nobody any favors. I just remind yeah. you, Tom. I am a Dragons fan, and I'm seeing blowouts every single week. So I really don't want another blowout this week. I can't take it anymore. And we got Ulster hey, next, and oh dear. No wait, hold on. I'm more nervous about that than you are. <laughs> you really shouldn't be. Have you watched this play this season? You should be. <laughs> I suppose the the only thing is, dragons may have been lucky, not lucky. Maybe forty points was a good result against Glasgow last week, considering it the two flattered sides. Us. It yes. flattered us big time. So yeah, I heard. So maybe mm. same again could do. Win by forty, one team being flattered, the other team being happy. Like I wouldn't say no to be honest, but gentlemen, we'll leave it at that because it's it's been brilliant and it's. I think we've got everything covered, anyways. So. Thanks to Tom, to Jamie and to Adam for joining me this evening. Cheers. As always, I will just run through the fixtures that we have this weekend. Remember, you can catch this game on RT2, ITV or whoever your local broadcaster is from 2.15pm Irish time on Saturday afternoon. 
or from the Viva Stadium, hopefully, on a dry day. I don't think it's promised. Elsewhere this weekend, on Saturday, we have the Calcutta Cup. As Scotland take on England at 4.45. That's on Virgin Media 1 and BBC 1. And on Sunday, France hosts Italy at 3pm on RT2 and ITV. While the Ireland under-20s are back in action on Friday night, also against Wales, that's at Musgrave Park, from 7.15pm kickoff, And that is live on RTE2. We should be back on Sunday with our weekly review show of the tournament as we look back on all three men's Six Nations games and that Ireland under-20s tie with Wales. Stay tuned for that. Well, next week, we have the next part of the My Life in Rugby interview series as I chat to former Munster out half turned pundit and nutritionist Johnny Holland. So thanks home to everyone for listening. If you like what you see or hear, please do like, subscribe, leave a review. It all makes a difference. And I'll attach the links to the lad's stuff down below, including the rap podcast for all things Welsh rugby. But for now, and until next time, take it easy. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.